This episode of That Does Suit Madam is brought to you by Rum and Pep. Do you feel the germs surging through your system? Need to give your white core pustules a boost? Try Rum and Pep. Now in a convenient take it to work flask. Mr. Brandon, are you free? I'm free. Hey, I'm Jeff. And I'm Brandon, and this is That Does Suit Madam, a podcast about Are You Being Served? Woohoo! Hello, Unanimous! Hello, Unanimous! Hello, Brandon. Hello, Jeff. How are things? Ah, it's okay. It's good. You know, it's a little warm, but that's what happens in the summer in the North Northern Hemisphere. Um, I'm super excited about the episode this week. It's yeah, such a good episode. Yeah, this is a great one. Yeah. This I, is a great one. I watched it like... 20 minutes ago before we started getting the, on the podcast and I was like dying laughing. There are two scenes that we'll talk about in, in, uh, in detail, but it's almost like I was laughing up to the level where I was laughing when Mr. Mash was like, <laughs> was, uh, washing the mannequins. So if you all remember <laughs> when I was laughing, that's how much I was laughing. Um, it's a good one. Yeah, we're we're on a good run here for some really really <laughs> funny episodes because yeah. um, sneak peek sneak peek next week is wedding bells and then the week after that is German week which <gasps> I'm so excited for German week should we try to learn how to say everything we'll have to record the episode and then like transcribe it and then tra- translate it into German and then say everything in German in honor of <laughs> German week too much too much. Anyway, um, we've got a lot of new fans who are getting into our podcast. Oh, my gosh. So, first of all, like, this just happened today. So, I do the Facebook group. That does suit Madam on Facebook. Um, and this this guy, Mr. Mike, he, I hope he listens. I mean, he, I know he listens because he said in an Are You Being Served face group, a Facebook group other than the one we run for the show. Um, he's like, oh, my God, I love you guys. It's so much fun. So, then I, I thanked him and... Um, so, hey, Mr. Mike, you're getting a shout out for reaching out and commenting. So it's, it's, it's a labor of love. It's so much fun to do the show every week, and we talk about really cool stuff and research. But like we said last week, it's so nice to hear from folks. So thank you. And I, yeah. think, uh, I think Jeff has some, like, shout outs as well. Yeah, I also want to uh, give a shout out to Fred and Ursula and Gregory and all the people who are just getting into um, what we've got to say. So thanks, guys. We appreciate it. Yeah, and something else. I always make the joke, like, whenever Jeff will do, like, well, you know, the square hypotenuse is actually inversely <laughs> related to the f- output of Mrs. Slocum's hair radius. And I'm like, what? Because he's very <laughs> like that. And I'm like, I like pie. Pie's good, right? We're kind of different. <laughs> but um, whenever he'll say something like Mr. Wizard or like, you know, super technical, I'll say, people give us five stars, please. That deserves a five-star review. And, and you're actually doing, you're doing it. it. It's so great. And it's so nice. So thank you so much. And I just want to like, I posted a thing on their Facebook page where I kind of like gave some shout outs and um, I, I posted images of it, of all of our little uh, reviews. So check that out on the Facebook page. But I just wanted to read one. It was so sweet. Um, this one is by Coffee in Rossi's. I don't know what that means, but that's a cool name. So Coffee in Rossi says, this is a fun little podcast that's hosted by two guys who are not only passionate about a classic Britcom, we're passionate, Jeff, uh, but they give a little historical context and share fun facts that make the show just amazing. You've all done very well. Thank you, Mr. Grace. So that was really super sweet. So thank you very much to everyone who's left us um, nice feedback. So that's great. And uh, they like the context, Jeff. So that's good. We liked giving it to you. Context it is. Context is the order of the day. And uh, by the way, Brandon, did you know um, that Black Lives Matter? Black Lives Matter. Excellent. Black Lives Matter. And wear a mask and wash your hands, which we will yeah. talk about this episode, in fact. Yes. Very relevant and timely. Do we have any, um, do we have any uh, catchphrases that we are introduced <laughs> to? Because I have my, my implement at the ready. Let's hear it. Give it a test run. Well, I have to, you have to. Um, you've all done very well.
I actually missed the first time. <laughs> also, if it's, you want to like call the Peacock Hotline and say, "Hey, my favorite catchphrase is," and then we're, we're forced to read it on the show, I will have to do the ding. So, the power's in your hands, unanimous. Six six two Peacock. Six six two Peacock. Northern Mississippi, twenty four hours a day, great expense. Staring at the phones, waiting for your call. Not really. But yeah, they're, they're waiting all the time. <laughs> so we're a little, I think, are we punch drunk today? Like, I don't know. I'm just in a happy mood. I just watched one of the greatest episodes. So that's probably what it is. Yeah. Such a good episode. I just, I'm just all laughy today. So that's good. And a little caffeine never hurts. My cup of tea. Excellent. Yeah. Shall we get into it then? Let's do it. So let's do it. Let's take us way back. What was going down when this first aired on the BBC, Jeff? So today we're going to be talking about Series 3, Episode 4, Cold Store, which <clears throat> premiered on uh, 20th of March, 1975. It's not that cold. It's the other kind of cold. Uh-huh. Um, and that week in the news, uh, the Ethiopian Empire, which was previously ru- ruled by Haile Selassie I, was abolished, making way for the Socialist Republic of Ethiopia which would eventually be replaced by the Democratic Republic of Ethiopia in 1987. If I'm ever on Jeopardy, I will know that answer now. There you go. (laughs) And then um, also in Africa that week, um, private schools were outlawed in Equatorial Guinea uh, by the dictator Macias, um, who had previously banned libraries and the use of the word intellectual. Um, well, it's good to like see our future, you know. Well, th- this is why you know, this is why I put it in there. Yeah. Um, you know, this is this is what happens when people uh, have um, too much power. Let's say yes. when the wrong people have too much power. Mm-hmm. Uh, Macias <laughs> failed the civil service exam three times, and he eventually ran in the first free elections in the country, and then three years later just abolished the constitution and did whatever he wanted. How long has Trump been in office? Uh. Three and years and some odd months. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Macias was eventually brought to trial, found guilty, and executed. Because that's how they do in Equatorial Guinea. And that's wow. not going to happen here, but... Yeah, those are the facts. Uh, we, <laughs> we read Wikipedia, so you don't have to. That's right. And since we're talking vaguely about politics... Um, I was on another Facebook group unrelated to the show, and I kind of did this little thing. I guess this is the podcaster's prerogative here. Um, If you live in a state um, in this United States and you are not registered to vote and you are 18 years or older and you're a citizen, please register to vote. Um, So there are certain states this election in November which are extremely important. Um, so if you're one of our listeners who lives in Georgia, um, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Texas, Maine, Kentucky, who else am I forgetting? Florida. If you live in one of those states and you're not registered to vote, go to our webs- go to our Facebook page. I'll post a thing about where to go to register. Just go, just Google like Pennsylvania register to vote. I th- yeah, I think it's register.gov. It's super easy. I mean, some some states makes it make it harder, and, but most states um, you can actually you do, can it do it online. You can do it online. Yeah, like Arkansas, you can't. Mississippi, you cannot. Like a couple others, but like 80 percent of the of the states you can vote. You can register to vote online. But anyway, the point is, um, everyone's vote is important. But some are more important than others. <laughs> That's America, people. And uh, if you're not an American and you're thinking, what the hell are these guys talking about? It's a whole thing. And we think it's as crazy as it sounds. But it's what we have. So if you live in one of those states, or frankly, anywhere in the country in the United States, uh, register to vote. And I wonder if most countries other than the states, they're probably there's probably no need to register. I wonder if that's an American thing. I don't know. Uh, well, well- I don't know about actually going through the process of registering, but I know that there are several countries where voting is mandatory. Yeah, like uh, Australia, I know it is. Australia and Argentina, you know, yeah. some, so what some countries do is just pu- kind of public shaming, like your name gets published in the newspaper if you don't vote. And then um, the other ones, there, there's punishable by a fine or Sheesh. some other kind of social thing. So but yeah. wasn't it like... No, v- Voting I was just is going to say, be, wasn't it like only like thirty percent of people voted in twenty sixteen or some really some low ridiculously number? low number? Like yeah. the the number of people, 
if if not voting was a candidate, not voting would have won the election in 2016, both by the popular vote and the Electoral College. That's how many people did not vote. <sighs> the Electoral College. Anyhow. Yeah, especially because the Supreme Court ruled this week that... Um, Faith, uh, that the electoral college can't be um, can't stand faithless electors. So whatever this the popular vote of the state is, the electoral college has to go that way. Um, that means we're not getting rid of the electoral college for a while. So so Jeff and I both have a lot of friends from other countries. So have you ever like spoken to people from another country about? the electoral college and like all of that. And they just like cock their head and they're like, but uh, that's not, I don't, how does that? Yeah. I mean, well, the thing is also (laughs) a lot, a lot of European countries have, um, have a runoff system, right. Where you actually, there are two rounds of voting, multiple rounds of voting. Um, so I mean, every country does it different. I don't think there's anyone that does the important elections, just a simple first past the post, you know, like we do. And we don't even no. Well, we don't even do that because we have the electoral college. Yeah, on like top we, of it. the people who actually elect the president into office, are five hundred and thirty-eight people, who get their position through a various means of ways. But they're, it's just they're they're elected. Like you 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 vote for your elector on a ballot. It may not be like on your November ballot. Maybe it's like a state primary or like a day or some other day, but you actually choose, you vote for your elector. And and honestly, to tie it back to Black Lives Matter, the Electoral College was started as a direct result of slavery in this country. And anyway, this, this is, this can easily become a whole episode. (laughs) So maybe that does suit civics. That that does suit voter registration. Um, I know that, so, so to tie it up my little diatribe here, most states have, so in the, in the United States, you have certain dates where they say, if you don't register to vote before this date we've arbitrarily decided upon, you cannot vote in the election, no matter if you register, if you want to. And it's usually around October the 8th or October the 5th, something Approximately. like that. Yeah. So maybe when we're closer to those dates, that's when we'll really pound you to get like, come on, guys, we got to get registered to vote. Uh, a note for this episode, if you're watching along at home uh, and you like to turn on the closed captions because you like to process information visually or you have a hard time understanding the accents, the captions for this episode are particularly awful and cannot be trusted. Yeah, I've noticed that. Most episodes, you're like, you're like what the hell did they say? Like, Sod- Sodom and Gomorrah or whatever. Right, so most of them will Swan have one Edgar. or two things that are off, but like, yeah. I feel like every single sentence was just wrong on somebody this wasn't so. having a good day when they're typing but right someone's uh shorthand you miss they couldn't be really missing about to say that. <laughs> yeah so, so anyway we, we meet some new cleaners with new characters i feel like we've met these same cleaners before uh but they actually get introduced by names this time um and so we see daphne and ivy and so daphne is the one that has that dialogue with Mr. Mash mm. and she's played by Hilda Fenimore and she's part of the Lloyd and Croft crew. Uh, not oh, cool. only was she a prolific stage actress being in two of the carry on films, okay. uh, but oh, she was matron. also, she was also in dad's army and it ain't half hot mom. And last week we were trying to figure out which came first. So, um, are you being served ran from 75 to 83 ish, somewhere around there. Um, so dad's army was 68 to 77. So it started before, had about four years of overlap and then it ain't half hot mom was 74 to 81. So it started a year before and ended, you know, a couple couple of years years before. before. So So they're all concurrent at one, uh, for a couple of, a couple of years. Well, which is, which is easy when you don't have like 38 episodes a season, right? You have like four or five. So the troop of characters who often are like the customers and like roles that aren't super important in the episodes, those actors all work together with Jeremy Lloyd and David Croft, who wrote and produced the show in the show called Dad's Army. And then they started Are You Being Served with the same people. And then it ate ate half half hot mum, which is a mouthful to say. Um, That's kind of cool. It's like a little, 
it's like an acting troupe or something. Yeah, one of the things that I noticed, I mean, I think that that dates the um, the episode as well as like kind of the conventions of sitcoms of the times, and possibly also the di- difference between American television and um, British television, is that if you were to have a guest star that's known, right, um, they would get an applause break when they were, you know, when they they came on screen, right. If you think about like an episode of um, of a sitcom that has taped for a studio audience. Like, let's think of um, uh, um, All in the Family. All in the Family, for example, of the times, right? When Sammy Davis Jr. showed up, when he opened the door, he got an applause break. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And that that doesn't happen here. There's an audience who's laughing and interacting and applauding when there's a particularly funny line or a skillful bit of physical comedy. Yeah. Um, but they don't have that kind of welcoming um, to, for the special guest stars. It's funny because I'm thinking about, like, American television represented in British TV. And I wonder, like, I'm trying to think of, like, a cartoon or something where they've, they're kind of making fun of American TV. Uh, okay. And people will walk in and then there'll be an applause line and everything stops and they wait for the applause to stop. And I'm wondering but, if that's like a very American thing. In I think TV. it might be. Yeah. I think it might be a very, you know, American or North American thing. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, um, Mr. Mash is vacuuming the packing straw off of one of the mannequins. <laughs> you can just uh, say it. And I laugh. He, he borrows Daphne's Hoover and he sticks it up the mannequin's dress and ends up taking off her drawers. Oh, how um, funny. And so, and Daphne's like, oh, you're just awful. Awful, Mr. Mash. Right. Um, <laughs> I, I almost wanted her to say, oh, you're dreadful, Muriel, but you know, <laughs> wrong continent, wrong decade. Um, and then he ends up saying to Mr. To, to Daphne, I bet that's not the first time you've lost your knickers in the tube. <gasps> Daphne. Gasp. I know we both clutched our pearls. Yeah. And then, of course, Daphne is, like, like cackling. Cackling off, and off laughing. Off camera. She's laughing. I really like that actress. I kind of want to know, like, I want to see her there and, and other stuff. Like, I love when she interacts with um, Mr. Lucas. She says, hello, lovely boy. You know, it's just <laughs> so much, like, character development in there. So yeah. cool. Yeah. In, like, 30 seconds. Yeah. And, like, that's for an actor, I think that's really cool. Like, I'm drawn to her, whoever she is. So, yeah, cool. It's... It's uh, it's a little bit of stealing the spotlight without chewing in the scenery, right? It's like <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. Anyway, um, speaking of Mr. Lucas, he's early for once. What? Um, he showed up uh, early because he's got a date that afternoon, and he wants to go home sick. He wants to take the the day off. Mm. Um, and Mr. Mash is like, no, they they don't give days off here. Haven't you been paying attention for the past three years? <laughs> if you're if you're um, what is it like if you're if you have rigor mortis or something and or you, you broke your leg, they'll put like the Mr. Humphrey says they'll pop you up as a mannequin. They'll make you a mannequin, that's what it was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Mr. Mash says, Well, here's a trick they used to do in the army. Uh, you put an under under your arm and then you chew on a bit of soap and to make them believe you're sick. Oh, you put an onion under your arm, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what that's about, but Mr. Mash says he's gonna go off to procure some, so I'm sure that'll pop up a little bit later. Uh, Mr. Humphreys arrives and he's holding his back as he comes down the stairs doing one of his uh, very pronounced mincing walks, but with his <laughs> yeah. sprained back. Um, it turns out he was watching yoga on the television and he had just gotten into the fifth position of supreme ecstasy when the horizontal hold on his television went. Okay, which... we have to explain that because we're old and I know what horizontal hold is, but the children, they don't know, right? School and Brandon. <clears throat> Hold on. Yeah, that was my pop in my knuckles. So, um, children, before there was your LCDs and your plasma screens and your iPhones and your iPads and all of that, they had big-ass TVs, cathode ray tubes that weighed a ton that weren't just – they were truly three-dimensional. They weren't, they weren't just wide and tall. They had depth, man. And – and the pictures were zapped into there over the air, not through like little fiber wires running underground. Well, they have um, the kids have Wi-Fi, so they don't know what that means. But <laughs> I hear what you mean. So these crazy big TVs, like I don't. If you think about kids today, like kids today, you can't even find a, ca- a CRT cathode ray tube no. TV anywhere. Like if you go to like the Goodwill uh, charity maybe. shop or like 
what's it called? Goodwill or something. Yeah. You might see them, but I don't think they even accept them anymore because they're just so big and so inferior. But um, it was all analog. So when you would have an old TV, especially like in the 50s, like way back then, it's, it was common for television to have these funny lines going across the, 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 the picture. Kind that, of like gl- uh, to be glitchy, basically. Yeah, glitchy. And it would just be like maybe there's a, a, you know, a plane flying by or your antenna, your aerial wasn't just perfectly done or who knows. Maybe there's a, a, a storm coming in. It could have – because remember, this was all over the airwaves. So you know, it was weird. So anyway, that's what um, – they would often have little knobs at the bottom of the t- of the screen that you'd have to like adjust fine like fine tune adjust to make sure that the screen wasn't like wobbling back and forth. So right. that was called horizontal hold, and there was vertical hold too. So basically, if you ha- if you're watching your TV show, you might have to like stop everything and go in and adjust the thing, which is. And there was no pause. Like you could be missing a key part of the show or the game when you had to go and adjust the hold. So that's what horizontal hold means. It's like if you go, if you go to YouTube and like look it up, it'll be kind of very retro for like young guys and gals to like see what old TV looked like. Jeez. Um, So anyway, he, he he threw out his back because apparently the, you know, the Yogi, uh, he thought the yogi was changing position, but it was actually the horizontal hold on his television. He threw his back <laughs> And he had his arm, like, if you put your hand on your hip, but then sort of like, <laughs> I'm trying to do it. And then you sort of like twist your back and then make your arm even higher, like almost to your armpit. That's the stance that he had. He was like, I don't know. I, 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 I applaud John Inman for holding that position for, that long. Yeah. <laughs> um, Granger arrives and he's looking really pale. Uh, he's got a bit of gastric trouble and he runs straight for the quote unquote cloak room. Um, I don't want to keep my coat in there. Yeah. <laughs> so what is touch of the gastrics? Cause that was something as a kid, I kind of thought I knew what it was. He's got stomach problems. He's got the runs, the trots. Yeah. Like he's pretend he's just eaten like a dozen prunes and that's, one of the main ingredients of kakaliki, remember? Kakali- oh, no, I love it. Kaka- uh, extra yeah. prunes, please. So uh, <laughs> Mrs. Slocum and Ms. Brahms arrive. Uh, Ms. Brahms has just had a course of seven injections to stop her from getting a cold from the rest of the winter. And Mrs. Slocum rejects this kind of modern medicine, and her method of prevention is a hot whiskey at night, brandy and milk on her Rice Krispies in the morning, and a flask full of rum and pep to bring with her to work. Thank That's you to right, our sponsors at Rum and Pep. That's right, Rum and Pep. Thank you, Rum and Pep, for sponsoring this episode. And by Pep, she means peppermint schnapps. So here's my question: Do you think that people? And I know, like Mrs. Green, Mr. Mrs. Granger, hello, Mrs. Slocum. Whenever she can get the character, whenever she can get some alcohol in her, she's a happy lady, and she'll drink too much and be drunk, which makes me giggle. <laughs> which is one of the reasons why I laugh so much on this episode. But do people? Back then, ever, I don't know, in England, do they really put whiskey on their cereal? I don't know. If, no, I don't think they put brandy on their Rice Krispies. I think that was just a gag for this show. As a kid, I pictured her putting brandy <laughs> on some what cereal. What a strange country. And I'm like, what very strange customs these British people have. So, okay. that's yeah. Now that I said that out loud, I, I don't think they would do that, so... So now that everyone's there, Lucas takes the time to announce that he's got a cold. So um, he wants to go home. And Brahms has to stay away from him because she, doesn't, she can't get it. So this is very relevant for the current times because they're practicing social distancing. They are, yeah. And you'll, we'll get further into that after the break, I think. But um, yeah. it's a very, like, if I actually was thinking the other day, like, can we do an episode about COVID, COVID-19? And it just so happened... Here it is. Marines disease. Marines disease. I knew I should get my hands off like, those link wintels. That's not till like season nine or ten. That's, that's like the one of the last later. episodes. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, anyway, they're, yeah. they're talking about the last time that Brahms and Lucas were you know that close, and it was when they were playing sardines in the cupboard at last year's Christmas party, and that was only because Peacock was trying to get Brahms to pull his cracker in the fitting room. Mm-hmm. Hysterical, ha, um, ha, ha, yeah. Uh, uh, you a uh, double entendre there on the on the Christmas cracker. 
Um, I had always assumed that Sardines was a kissing game, like Seven Minutes in Heaven or uh, Post Office. Uh, I never. But yeah, it's I, not. I thought it was just like heavy petting or something. Or yeah, uh, but it's really just a variant of hide and seek. Sardines right? hide and seek. Yeah, it's hmm. like the idea is, um, it's kind of like a reverse it that whenever someone finds it, they kind of stick together and it becomes two people and you just stay frozen until the entire group comes packed together huh. and the, the last person to discover the sardines um, loses. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I would have never thought about that. Uh, Mr. M- Mr. Mash arrives with the um, the onion and the soap. Mr. L- so Mr. Lucas puts the onion under his jacket and chews on the soap a little bit. He tries to get Mr. Captain Peacock's attention, uh, but he's speaking with a customer. And finally, the customer looks over and sees Mr. Lucas foaming at the mouth with carbolic <laughs> soap. Yeah, and he looks completely in- in- incredible. So. What was Lucas trying to imitate here? You know, because the only thing that I thought of as a kid, and I still think of when you foam at the mouth, is rabies. I think of like a dog with like a foamy mouth, right? Right. And even people, people today, you know, human beings will foam at the mouth when they have rabies or when they're overdosing. And so, like, what was he, what symptom was he trying to simulate with the, uh, with the, with the foam there? Um... Mr. Hum- Mr. Humphreys at some point comes up and says, wipe your mouth, you're dribbling, and, like, takes his handkerchief It's so cute out, how Mr. Humphreys comes clean. out and pulls out his hanky and, like, wipes his mouth for him, and then, yeah. like, it's perfect. It was so coordinated, that whole thing. Yeah. Good old Humphreys. Uh, so Captain Peacock is not believing any of Mr. Lucas's dog-get-me-homework excuses about wanting the day off. Uh, he says he's going to send for sister to take his temperature, and she's a funny lady. You never know. She doesn't always do it in your mouth. Uh-oh. Um, and by the way, Lucas, I don't know what kind of aftershave you're using, but you're coming across strongly as a Lancashire hot pot. Those sound delicious. I'm so hungry tonight. I haven't had my dinner. But wouldn't that be good, a Lancashire? Supper. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, right. <laughs> I haven't had uh, me tea yet, Captain Pico. Um, uh, a Lancashire hot pot is a stew that's made with lamb, onion, and potato. Does if it has delicious. onions, I'm happy. Put onions yeah. on my ice cream, man. I'm that actually was a joke, but it sounds pretty good. Oh no. Mm. Um, <laughs> and so one of the thing that one of the things that um, struck me as a little weird is that he's talking about sister, like there's oh, yeah, a yeah, nun, yeah. right? But apparently in the Commonwealth, um, all head nurses, including lay nurses that aren't of the religious order, mm. are called sister. Um, because historically that's what nuns did is they ran hospitals. You know, it's funny cause I, I was curious about that and I actually looked it up and, um, you're right. Everyone in the Commonwealth, it's a, it's a very British kind of thing in the Commonwealth, Australia and all that. Um, uh, what was I going to say? So, you know, you're right. It had something to do with nuns and stuff. Um, because it used to be Catholic nuns who would kind of be nurses and that just was a, a term. Um, and a website I found, I forgot which one, said the reason why nurses have those little white caps. The wimple? It's a, it's a variant of a wimple, which is like the little head covering that, nerd, that Catholic nuns wear. So that was kind of interesting. And then I thought, you know, the British um, nurses, they have that funny pendant that's t- attached to their, their, their chest that's yeah. like a little pendant and it has a watch on it and if you ever watch british tv or movies or books or something um yes i know you don't watch a book you read a book but you know what i meant (laughs) (laughs) um they always talk about how you know sister looked at her her watch and it's not on her wrist it's not a wrist watch but it's like a pendant so of course it keeps the nurse's hands free and um because you need you need to time when you're taking a pulse or yeah or that or or, you know you don't want to get germs everywhere but um it's interesting because I also looked up, and if you Google, why are British nurses called sister on Google, um, one of the many articles that comes up is a lot of stuff coming from the UK, how male nurses feel slighted because, you know, historically, um, to be a nurse, you, you were called a sister. So if you're a male nurse, they were also being called sister. And you also, whenever we talk about carry-on films, you hear me saying, oh, matron, 
which is the the catchphrase. <laughs> Jeff's laughing. That's the catchphrase that the main character Kenneth Williams. He always says about like some nurse. I don't really know the story, but a matron is sort of like the head nurse, right? Right. So like the I don't know what the non gendered term would be, but anyway. So they had these very female centric terms for the for their titles, and about ten years ago, the UK kind of faced it out because male nurses were like in, in short supply because they were called mm-hmm. sister and matron and stuff. So they kind of did away with it, which is kind of cool. You know, a little gender e- equity there. And I thought that was interesting. There you go. Yeah. Words. Um, Mrs. Slocum, um, <laughs> Mrs. Slocum is serving a customer um, and she has one of my favorite doesn't Madam look cool in blue? Cool in blue. Just enunciating those... Um, cool in blue. Th- those vowels. And Miss Brown's like, yeah, like an iceberg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was crazy. Um, the dress doesn't quite fit on the customer. So Mrs. Slocum says, oh, the alteration's no problem. And starts ripping threads for, for the alterations while she <laughs> still has it on. Well, you can't change your mind now. Uh, we'll have it back from the workroom Thursday next week. You know, Miss Brown's put not urgent on it. Like, this woman has not agreed to I love that whole the scene. Dress. The whole scene was like, she is hungry for their commission. She's going to, like, trap this poor woman who has, like, the most hideous hat I've ever seen. It looks like styrofoam or something. I don't know. It, it, it does it's not suit Madam. that. Yeah, it does not suit that. <laughs> I have it at the ready, people. I really do. So, So, uh, Miss Brahms and Mrs. Slocum are talking about the cold that's going around, and Mrs. Slocum says that she's got a strong constitution, and um, all my white corpustules are fighting uh, the cold. Uh, Thanks to her rum and pep. Thanks to her brandy and rice krispies. So, I think this is a great malaprop from Mrs. Slocum. I think that's one of the things apart from her double entendre that she uses as using those words incorrectly. What is malaprop? So it's when you use a word that sounds like what you're trying to say, but it's not the right word at all. Um, Oh, it's like when you use a malaprop. It was just did it. See, that's why it was funny. The word is named after a Shakespearean (laughs) character. Um, but, um, you know, Yogi Berra was famous for them. Um, if you think of the movie Johnny Dangerously, th- their entire uh, humor came from Malaprops. Um, Kath and Kim. Kath and Kim does as well, uh, with, when they mix up Pacific and Specific. That's a great example. Yeah. Sister, she's really windy, and I'm finding it really hard to cope. <laughs> <laughs> I just really want to be effluent when I grow up. There you go. Um <laughs> So Miss Brahms, uh, Miss Slocum sneezes, and Miss Brahms is like, "Oh, you've got one!" And she puts on a mask. Again, very relevant for these. She puts on a face mask. Yeah, um, although at first it kind of looks like a yashmak. It doesn't really look like it. Just it doesn't tie. She doesn't have it tied on the bottom. Yeah. So it looks like that. Um, if you think of uh, a veil that Middle Eastern women wear, that just kind of hangs off their face. Hmm. That's what kind of what. It, what that it looks probably like. is what that technically was. The prop. That she tied on her face. Oh, it might have been, right? Yeah. Um, So sisters arrived, and she's taking uh, Mr. Lucas's temperature. He goes, oh, you're normal. Yes, but we're working on it. Thank you, Mr. (laughs) Humphreys. He's so cute. And uh, Captain Peacock is explaining that Miss Brahms has been complaining. And uh, sister asks, well, Miss Brahms, where did you have these injections? In me bum. In me bum. (laughs) So stupid. Um, (laughs) That reminds me of uh, a famous urban legend about the um, American game show, The Newlywed Game. Okay. uh, Oh, I know what you're going to say. The host asked uh, (laughs) the the, the husband, uh, where was the strangest place where you made whoopee? which was their signature word for having sex. And then the wife comes out and answers the questions, and she says, in the butt bob. <gasps> that actually happened. I saw the, the video of that. Network te- syndicated television in the 70s. I-, I can't believe that it got past the censors. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mrs. V- uh, Ms. Brobs has had her vaccines in the butt bob, 
and Mr. <laughs> Lucas did not have his temperature taken in the butt bob, as Mr. Mash had predicted. Um, so Sister confirms that Miss Brahms really can't catch a cold, so Peacock switches Lucas and Brahms for the day. Lucas is going to be assisting in the uh, ladies' department, and Miss Brahms is going to be on the gentleman's counter. Um, this whole thing was interesting to me that, you know, you don't think about, like, the history of the flu vaccine. But, you know, we're all thinking about vaccines right now, and, like, we really hope for COVID-19 vaccine to come sooner rather than later. But I didn't realize that, like, all she's, they talk about, like, a flu injection, and, like, they don't say shot like we do. They say jab over there. But, right. you know, like, it was just a flu shot. That's what she had, and it sounded it like a big deal. It was seven of them, though. Right, she had to get seven of them. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, for a jaxie full of vaccine. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard jaxie um, except in that one example. Yeah. Jaxie. Um, Mr. Granger asks Mr. Humphreys if he has an objection to a lady on the counter. And Mr. Humphreys has no feelings on the matter whatsoever. <laughs> which is great. Yeah. Um, Mr. Lucas is, you know, Miss Slocum says, you know, put one finger wrong and I'll bap you around your ear hole or however she admonishes him. So take these uh, hangers back to the fitting room. Uh, and he does, and he walks in on the lady that looks cool and blue changing. Cool and blue. So he's, you know, not even on the counter for 10 seconds, and he's already causing a ruckus. And I, do, I, I just, I don't know. I know it's a TV show, and it's a comedy, and it's not real. But do women walk about basically nude in the females, in the ladies' section of a clothing store in the 70s? I don't know. I think well, that was an excuse to get, like, a scantily clad lady on TV, right? Well, she, she was in the fitting room in an area that was supposed to be private. Oh, that's and, true. And, yeah. you know, some, um, some fitting rooms don't have individual cubicles. Like, I remember there was a, um, a, a Daffy's in Midtown Manhattan. Oh, I love Daffy's. That had um, a communal fitting room. Like, if you wanted to try on the clothes, there was no individual... Um, uh, 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 Little. Uh, individual cubicles yeah, and spaces. Yeah, yeah. It was just a big room full of mirrors like high school locker room. It was just very, very odd. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Good clothes, though, Daffy's. A hit or miss. <sighs> I miss them. Oh, Daffy's. Oh, oh, shopping. So why don't we head on down to the canteen for a tea break? I am... I can feel my blood sugar plummeting so that's probably a good idea <laughs> it's a little dizzy in here i'm going to get a lancaster hot pot all that talk about onions has made me crave something delicious like that what are you going to get i'm not quite sure i mean i know that the weather is really hot outside so maybe um have something that's cool and blue cool and blue <laughs> what is what's blue that you can eat um anything i can't think blueberries of blueberries cool and blue okay we'll head down to the canteen we'll be right back Hello, Unanimous. This is Mr. Brandon. And this is Mr. Jeff. Did you wake up this morning and think, how could I support my favorite podcast while also letting the world know that I'm a proud member of the Unanimous? Does your morning coffee vessel leave you feeling neither one way nor the other? Perhaps your smartphone cover fails to confirm your charm, personality, vitality, and youth. Worry no more. Visit our That Does Suit Madam online bargain basement shop. They've just come in. You could buy your very own That Does Suit Madam official tote bag. A handbag? Or an official podcast sofa pillow. Perfect for hiding your Paddington bear. We sell a fashionable face mask and a celebrated coffee cup. And of course, t-shirts. But don't worry, you'll find the sleeves right up with wear. Support your favorite podcast with some That Does Suit Madam merch. All at imfree.threadless.com imfree.threadless.com And you've all done very well. Okay, well, hey, we're back, folks. Um, my Lancashire hot pot was um, neither hot nor from Lancashire. It was a uh, Yorkshire <laughs> cold pot, and it was frozen. So that wasn't very delicious. How about, what was your food like? Was that a little Linda Richmond there? Was it? A Lancashire hot pot is neither Lancashire nor hot it's pot. Not a Lancashire no hot pot. Discuss. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just had some blueberries on a tired piece of lettuce. Ah, so they were out of sardines, I see. Out of pilchard, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Um, yeah. 
So Mr. Mash <laughs> makes his deliveries, uh, and he's bringing over half a dozen of suspender belts, which are garters. Mm. And um, he and Lucas are talking about, you know, the new fashions in ladies' underwear. And as one does with their male uh, friends. Apparently as one does. <laughs> um, and apparently these garters are made with a new catch, um, which Lucas has had a lot of trouble with taking it off when he's disrobing his um, dates. But mm-hmm. he's hmm. managed to be able to take off a bra with this new catch in about eight seconds. And he demonstrates on a mannequin. And he gets it done in six seconds uh, because she wasn't struggling. Yeah. You know, um, a couple Doesn't of episodes. Doesn't age well. Yeah, a couple of episodes ago, we were talking about how Mr. Lucas takes the uh, door handle, uh, door crank off the, the handle. Right, so a woman uh, can't escape. So the woman can't escape. Insane. And I was like, I feel like that's kind of a one off. Like, you know, Mr. Lucas is a bit of a womanizer, but he's not like a creep or a lech like. Captain Peacock is, but we're starting to see a pattern of behavior with this character. I mean, this and is also like, just, yeah, pure 70s comedy. Like, you would kind of joke about how guys would be predatory against women. I mean, like that, he's always, like, talking about how he wants to have Miss, Miss Brahms and, you know, it's just another example of what we've already kind of confirmed on the show, that, like, a lot of the comedy, not a lot, but there is some, there are, there are bits of comedy in the show that are pretty unfortunate. Yeah, it's just you know, he gets a he gets an applause for taking the bra off in six seconds. Like the the, the audience reacts to it. Um, uh, and I will they, say he know, does also, it with a lot of flair. I mean, he kind of does it almost that like a, he does like a Catalan dancer where he like he says "Olé" when he pulls out the black bra from out of yeah. nowhere. So it was pretty impressive, but you know, the joke is kind of uh, pretty very disrespectful to women. So. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so over on the gentleman's counter, Miss Brahms is learning the stock. And Mr. Humphrey says, you know, we keep everything alphabetical. Here's, you know, T for ties and whatever. Well, where's A for handkerchiefs? Handkerchiefs. <laughs> <laughs> that was really sweet. Yeah. Um, I like and how so, innocent she is, too. She's just like, where's the A for handkerchiefs, you know? And why do you call these jokey shorts? Um, and so. Mr. Humphreys is pointing and says, well, down here in this cabinet, we have Y-fronts. And that, for those who don't know, um, are briefs. They're, they're men's briefs that have a fly folded in, right? As opposed to a bikini-style underwear that just doesn't have a fly whatsoever. Well, do you have any Y-backs insinuating the fly in the back? Like, she just doesn't know what a f- <laughs> Y-front doesn't know is. what it is. She's, yeah. And Mr. Humphreys <laughs> is just looking so confused and titillated at the same time. <laughs> he's like, you know, you know, strangely enough, there's not much call for those. And as he says that, like, he's sort dismiss. of like putting the hair behind his ear and like thinking about it. And like, you can tell he's like, that might not be a bad thing. <laughs> Which as a kid, I did not understand. But now as a 30 something guy, I'm like, oh, I see where he's going. Yeah. Dirty boy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So while Mr. Lucas is on the women's counter, a customer approaches. Um, she's not happy with her suit, not happy with the way that it fits, um, because it's too loose on what they call the derriere. This is the other part that makes me laugh. She couldn't bring herself to say rear end or whatever. She had to come up with that French word to the make it you know, acceptable. Yeah. Um, and uh, Lucas is like, don't worry about it. My Jewish friends call me Lucas the Tukas. Uh, <laughs> Yiddish, word for, Yiddish word for dairy. Lucas the Tukas. That's so and cute. I love how customer, he does... Sorry, I love how he does that. He like... It's just like this cute little, very fast little joke that is usually like alliteration or some funny, stupid little thing that isn't yeah. super funny, but just really cute. And that's like, that's fine. My Jewish friends call me Lucas the Tukas. It's so cute. Yeah. It's more cute and than the funny. customer. The customer is giggling uh, with glee over all the attention she's getting from this young boy. Right, because he was expecting. Uh, she was expecting to her. get like a female, right, person instead of you know a guy. So it's, instead of a dashing you know late twenties guy, right? Mm, not um, so much dashing so, to me. But. So he's um, she's describing where she wants the alterations, and he's chalking up her skirt. So she's he's touching her, like you know, giving her a little tickle. And she is when giggling she like and crazy. She loves it, right? Oh my god, at, she is so cute. At one point, 
when Mr. Slocum comes back, she grabs, the customer grabs Lucas by the hand and drags him over to the counter with her. <laughs> she doesn't want to let go of him. Because they're, they're um, boyfriend and girlfriend now because, you know. Right. Um, yeah. He ends up dropping the chalk down her skirt and he's got to reach her his hand down the back <laughs> of her skirt to get it. So he's groping her up while he's Yeah, and she's just the sitting there and eating it up. She's like the she's, cat that's got the cream. Yeah. Um... <laughs> You know, I live uh, in London. <laughs> I live in London. Well, nothing could be easier than a London derriere. A London derriere. Um, Superfan Jeff Y pointed out that the reason why this got a laugh was not only the idea of, you know, a London, you know, the, 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 talking about the alteration in this way, but uh, it's also a pun on a song called the Londonderry Air. Londonderry being the... Um, English name for the town of Derry in Northern Ireland. Mm. And air is the English word for aria, like a song from an opera. Right. So uh, there's a famous Irish song that's set to the tune of Danny Boy, which is called the London Derry Air. Huh. So Way thank to go, you to Jeff. Superfy Jeff the other Jeff. for that one. Yeah, thanks, other Jeff. That's cool. Um, so this customer... Um, who is so titillated and in <laughs> love with Mr. Lucas. Um, she's played by Pamela Condell, and guess what? She was also on Dad's Army. Get out. I, if, if you haven't seen this episode, I, we always encourage all the listeners, all the unanimous, to, before you listen to one of the shows we make, go and watch the episode, and for Christ's sakes, people, go and buy the DVDs, get the Blu-rays or something. It's the one thing you should Get a own. subscription to BritBox. BritBox, like. yeah, it's like super cheap, and it's cool. But um, go and watch this whole scene. First of all, her outfit is fabulous. It is loud. It's loud. It's like she's got like a... It's cute because uh, Mr. Lucas says, oh, this is from our revival line. And then he looks at her, her tag and behind her neck and to see the name of it. And it's like, oh, yes, just, just what I thought, a Revive 45. And it's just one of those cute little things that he does. But what's really cool about the outfit, it's, it's very, like, from the 40s. I mean, it could be from the 40s. And it's got this cool little hat, I think, and she has, like, these plastic daisies where her tie would be. And it's... Decolletage. Decolletage. Thank you. We learned from last, last episode. Um, it's just a cool 70s outfit. Like, I always, I always wonder, like, if I was around in the 70s, how would I have dressed? Well, if I was a woman of a certain age like this lady, I hope that is how I would have dressed. With plastic b- daisies in my hat and on my decolletage. <laughs> but, um, man, she's so happy to like get that that attention from Mr. Lucas. It's such such a cute that that scene for me makes a whole episode and I was cackling with laughter. So much fun. I smell a Halloween costume. <gasps> Can you imagine if we uh, first of all no one would get it, but if someone would get it, best friends for life. <laughs> oh my god. Um Back on the floor, Captain Peacock approaches a customer and he says, fetch me a pair of trousers like these, will you, lad? <gasps> and Mr. Captain Peacock is offended. I, oh, I don't fetch things, you know. I merely direct the customers. Well, is that all you do? <laughs> Cushy job, yeah? <laughs> um, he gets Mr. Humphrey's attention because, of course, Mr. Granger is off with the touch of the gastric. And um, the customer <laughs> is looking for fawn trousers. Now, the only other place that I've heard the word fawn used as a color is in Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, right? Oh, that's right. You're, you're homosexual. That's right. You know all about the uh, <laughs> Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. I've not actually seen it. <gasps> so I, I, I went to Catholic school. So, of course, so they actually did Joseph as the musical the year before I got there. Um, so, but it's, you, you learn about it in religion class. It's, you know, one of the fun ways that they try and teach you about the new Testament, about the, the 12 tribes of Israel. And so there's a song that one of the early songs in act one is where they're describing this coat and it's his coat of many colors and they're listing every single color that it comes in. And one of them is fawn. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, and this is, you know, this is great to talk about on radio where we can't actually show you what the color is. <laughs> yes. Um, but fawn is a yellowish tan that's usually used to describe a dog's coat, right? So a or Bambi. Not, or, or, or a deer, that's correct. <laughs> um, so it's not as 
yellow as a golden retriever. It's not like that rich auburn strawberry blonde color either. If you think about this, that really pale, um, you know, maybe a light lab or something like that. You know, if you think about like, because we're talking about 1970s clothes, if you think about a lot of like the trousers of people from the 70s, they kind of had that light tan color. I wonder if that's fawn, you know, like a little bit yellower than a khaki. Yeah. You know, it's funny because a lot of the the colors that were really popular in the 70s, at least in the States, and I think over there too, um, have very common names. So maybe we've seen this color eight forever. We just didn't know the name was fawn. So if you think of like the 1970s kitchen that's all green, that green is called avocado green. Avocado, yeah. You also see, even if you think about the um, Brady Bunch, which we've just... Oh, Mike, have a tranquilizer. Uh, <laughs> that's like when we say Brady Bunch, we have to say that on the show. Does that get um, a ding every time we say, oh, Mike, have a tranquilizer? I think it needs a ding. <laughs> um, my hand was levitating above it the whole time. Um, but anyway, so uh, the, the Brady Bunch, if you think about their kitchen, that crazy golden orange color all yeah. over their kitchen, like every appliance was that big boxy color, that's called... Harvest gold. Harvest gold. So now we know fawn is another one. See, I have have an aunt that would call those two colors baby shit green and baby shit orange. She would have not liked the 70s. No. (laughs) She she was not one for 70s fashion. Uh And, you know... Probably also would not be a great copywriter. No, uh, for that would not be good. I also want to point Grace out Brothers. we haven't really mentioned it yet. Um, poor Mr. Granger, his touch of the gastrics, which is the most polite way of saying he he keeps shitting. <laughs> it's so cute because he'll come out, and I love Mr. Granger because he's so old and that lovely waddle he has that we've talked about. He'll come out and like Captain Peacock, I have something very important to say to you, sir. And then he'll like look kind of like look to left and the right and then kind of be worried. And then he'll say, damn. And then we'll run, like waddle away to the bathroom. <laughs> and he does that like four or five times on this episode. Cause he's not going to make any commission this week. Yeah. You know, like I don't want to say we've all been there, but this poor guy, you think it's all done. He's all good to go. You come out and then, oh, damn. And he has to walk back. So it's just cute how he'll come out and then. He has to go back again every time. Poor Mr. Granger. Glass of Bromo Seltzer for Mr. Granger. Yes, exactly. Um, so <laughs> Mr. Humphreys is is going to serve the customer with the fawn trousers. Walk this way, sir. <laughs> and he starts to walk away with his hand on his back. <laughs> Classic joke of this physical comedy. Totally, totally. But are, he's like contorted and he's like, you know what he looks like? He looks like um, Igor from um, Young Frankenstein. Yeah. Did you ever see him walk? He kind of like lumbers a lot, and that's what Humphreys does. It's so cute. Um, Mr. Humphreys' back hurts so bad that he can't even bend down to take the inside leg. No, you know Uh, that hurts a lot then. uh, Yeah. I mean, (laughs) it's very unusual for him to not be able to take take an inside leg. Um, So he calls for help from Miss Brahms, who does not want to do it because it's not very ladylike. Well, I do it. (laughs) (laughs) And so they do a little bit of a physical gag where um, uh, Humphreys puts sticks an umbrella through the customer's legs to point at the tape measure and identifies that the man has a 29 inseam, finds a pair of pants and hangs them over to him. Mm-hmm. Um, Very resourceful of, of young Mr. Humphreys, I thought. Mr. Lucas is over serving on the ladies' counter, and Mrs. Slocum is nowhere to be found. That's because she's in the fitting room, drunk off of the <laughs> rum and pep in her flask. And she, like, peeks her head behind the curtain, and she just, like, slurs. What does she say? She, like, does the thing where, what's the word where you flip the Spoonerism. Spoonerism. What does she say? Um, I'm folding the hort. <laughs> oh, Mr. L- Mr. Lucas, I'm sure you can lord the fort or hoard the bort or something. F- f- folding the hort, yes. Hold the fort. Now you sound like the Swedish chef. <laughs> um, yes, it's amazing. So another, anytime you see Mrs. Slocum drunk, Molly Sug- Sugden, um, so good. And by the way, it is Sugden. Thank you, other Jeff, who corrected me once. So you get a shout out for that. Uh, Mr. Mash is still trying to help Lucas get the rest of the day off, and he ends up... Sp- pouring some polish on the floor 
so that Mr. Lucas can fake um, hurting his leg and get sent home. Uh, so they, they act it out, and Lucas falls down the stairs, and Mr. Mash starts screaming to call everyone's attention. Mrs. Slocum, Slocum stumbles over to try and help <laughs> and is going to give um, uh, him a reviver, give him a, a bit, little bit of the rum and pep to give him a reviver. <laughs> But but there's none left. No, she which drank the I have entire to, flask. I have to do it because so Mr. Mr. Um, Mr. Rum, Mr. Rumbold comes down and he's like right. trying to like figure out what's going on. And do he I, says, "Do I smell? Do I smell peppermint and and rum?" And then Mrs. Mrs. Slocum is down there like trying to help somehow. Of course, she doesn't do anything, but she says, "Ah, I was just giving Mr. Lucas a bit." And then she says. To revive him. Like, she just <laughs> erupts into revive. Which, if you've been around someone who's really drunk, they'll do that. But then she looks into her flask, and then she says, Oh, there's none left. Because <laughs> she's so drunk, she doesn't know that she's drunk at all. Oh, Mrs. Slocum being drunk. Jeez, it's so funny. She is so good. So Okay, I'm done laughing. Mr. Rumble decides that he is going to send Mr. Lucas home because you can't take a chance on an ankle. Uh, but then there's young Mr. Grace who comes in. Oh. He arrives in a wheelchair that Goddard is pushing behind him and says, nope, you know, uh, put him in my car, put him in my Rolls Royce and, and drive Royce. straight to the hospital. So Mr. Oh. Lucas is not getting his date after all. He comes in just in the nick of time every episode, doesn't he? Deus ex machina. MacGuffin. And um, Mr. young Mr. Grace dismisses everyone with an unusual turn of phrase <gasps> this time that I don't think we could use the bell for because I don't know if it was a slip or if the writers were trying something new. But he tells everyone that you're all looking very well. <gasps> That's shocking. Is it maybe because of the cold going around and he was trying to... Uh, you know, uh, give them a little bit of a, of a pep talk that they actually look like they're healthy? Oh, I don't know. I've never thought about it. But now that makes me wonder what other episodes can we remember off the top of our head where he doesn't say you've all done very well when he says a variant of that. I know at one point when they all go American and have the way out boutique. Right. And then he comes – Then so Mr. Mr. Grace – Young Mr. Grace goes to America and he's like, I've just come back from America. And by gosh, you buddies are doing really swell. And he's all American. You've all done very swell. You've all done very swell at the very end of that episode, which is such a good episode. Well, it it, it doesn't come at the end of the episode because that one, he comes back from China and he gives everyone a copy of... The Little Red Book. uh, The the Little Red Book. But doesn't... No, he says at the end of the episode, he says, you've all done very well-y. Right. Which, Which is I don't that, know if it's supposed to be like... No, that's like when Captain Peacock said, what do you want That's So that's what that is. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Wow. Yeah. Huh. So that, I anyway, have to say, I laughed a hell of a lot. That was a great, great episode. So the lady um, with the alterations, drunk Mrs. Slocum. Amazing. Yeah. Um, as I alluded to earlier in the episode, next week is Wedding Bells. And that's the one where young Mr. Grace is getting married and everyone thinks that he's going to propose to Mrs. Slocum. It is so sweet. And like how stoic Mrs. Slocum is at the end when she walks down and everyone's treating her like royalty. And then spoilers, she's like, spoilers. Oh, oh, yes, I'm sorry. It's only 50 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, um, what a good episode. So yeah. that's it. Another one. So. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah. And if you want to get a shout out like our super fans do, uh, then please get in touch with us on Facebook or Twitter or write us an old fashioned email at that does suit madam with an E at gmail.com. Or you can call the hotline at 662 Peacock. That's 662 732 2625. Should we name the bell? I think it should have a name. Quick, we can we can think of something really good right now. We're all turned on. We're good. What should we you've name all, the bell? You've all done very bell. <laughs> it doesn't doesn't roll off the tongue. No, anyway, we'll think of maybe we'll be, maybe it'll be a Facebook thing. Name our bell. Name our bell. Dot org. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure that out. Anyway, if, right. okay. We're so punchy. I'll say if you have an idea what we should name the bell. 
And no, it's not going to be Bell with an E. I'm sorry. Um, give us a call or hop us on Facebook, FacePlace, all that stuff, because we'd love to know. And if someone like suggests it, I think that would give some weight to the suggestion, wouldn't you say? I think it needs some gravitas because it's, you know, a bell. Gravitas. <laughs> yes. All right. Thanks, everyone. We'll All talk right. to you soon. See you guys. Bye. Wear your mask. That Does Suit Madam is not endorsed by the BBC, but it should be. And it is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Are you being served as a copyrighted program of the BBC? Breaking seal constitutes acceptance of agreement.